really sensing in this season, there's been quite a, a challenge upon the church, uh, just uh, from all kind of sectors. And it's uh, quite easy to be intimidated by what's surrounding us. But uh, I, I, I'm the eternal optimist, and I think that what a glorious time to be the church of Jesus, to be uh, alive. And, uh, and just as a church too, I, I want to encourage you to, uh, to think bigger than any time before. It says in Isaiah 54, 2, 3, and I've used this a little bit lately, it says, enlarge the place of your tent. And I truly believe it. It's a time of enlargement, not to shrink. Uh, often everything around us wants to make us smaller and to shrink. But I believe that uh, the bride of, of Jesus Christ, uh, the, the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, the name above all names, he's not small, he's not big. And so sometimes, uh, I think we said this in prayer, we let our circumstances shrink the bigness of God. And I want to encourage us, think big, enlarge how big he is and how beautiful and majestic he is. I had a prophetic word over the church and I saw an open field of horses galloping. I love horses. I actually like brumbies and I've ridden horses all my life. But I love this thing of horses coming through and I go up the highlands sometimes fishing and Tom and I are still going to go fishing one day up there together. Praise the Lord when it's warmer. Melbourne's cold, people. But I saw this season of galloping, and I really believe, and I want to say this over you, Russ, and, and the eldership and the church, it's a season of acceleration, but open spaces, that God's given you open spaces. I really see this. The other thing that the Lord put on my heart for this church is a season of entire families from many nations coming in, more than any time before. There's many nations represented here this morning, but I believe the nations are coming. As a church, we're called to the nations. Amen? We are called to the nations. We're called to church plants and to build the kingdom of God. But the nations are coming on our doorstep and we need to welcome them and say, you're welcome in this place. You are welcome and we love you. That There is no, 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 no challenge for anybody to be part of this. I saw the word restart. People will come that have failed in life, but, there's a new gen, but at new gen, they will have a reboot and a new beginning. So whereas society has rejected them and church, do you know that often we reject people and we've turned people into prodigals that should have never been prodigals? Can I say that? But there's here at this church, I feel a season that people said, look, I failed. Can I come? I've made a mistake. Can I have a season of rebooting? You know, when a computer goes off, sometimes of being there, you lose everything. You've got to reboot that wretched thing. And sometimes in life, we just need a reboot. A restart to say, hey, can I start again? Start again. You know, over a nation of Australia, we have an absolute skirmish and it's called suicide. Right now, a prime minister just prayed for it. We got friends high up in the rugby world who are doing a, a, a whole movement called Standing Tall. But we need to help kids have a reboot. We need this new jet. You know that suicide is up by 33% in Australia. It's up. Anxiety and depression is up at a staggering. And we are the answer through Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to say, okay, you've made a mistake. Whatever is happening with your identity, but in Jesus Christ, you can have a reboot. It's called being born again. Born again. If you've got your Bibles this morning, I'm going to preach out of something very well known to us. Uh, would you open your Bibles to Act 10, 38 and 39 and Luke 4, 
16 to 19. I'm going to read from the New King James Version. Acts 10, 38, 39. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and went about doing good. Would you underline that in your Bible? And doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. God was with him. Isn't it nice to know that God's with us? You know, the Bible says that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. I pray I never get opposed by God. Amen. That's a scary thought, people. Amen. He did both in the land of Jews in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging him on the tree. Would you come now to Luke chapter 4? Luke chapter 4, uh, verses 16 to 19. Well-known passage, and he's quoting from Isaiah. And it's interesting here. I just had this little revelation. I was reading and reading and reading this scripture this week. That, uh, that Luke 4, 18 and 19, 4, 18, 19, or from verse 16, is kind of the Magna Carta of the ministry of Jesus. It's kind of what he was set out to do. It's what his, his purpose and calling is to do. And I want to suggest to us today, it's the calling of the church as I'm reading that. But it's interesting that the calling of God is sandwiched between the temptations of God and the supernatural miracles of God. And what does God do? You find him in the house of God. So I, I, I had this beautiful little spin on this. Whether you're in the valley of temptation or in a good season, never stop meeting together and reading the Word of God. Jesus is our example. And we'll go through temptations, amen? If you're a human being, you will, unless your name is Jesus. But all of us will go through difficult times. And all of us will go through seasons of abundance. But what he demonstrates here, never stop meeting together. Never forsake the place of your gathering. I love the local church. In fact, the older I get, the more I love it. I love that we come together with nations. We worship the name of Jesus. We see miracles. And when there's suffering, we huddle together. We suffer together. We love together. We build each other together. Amen. So in Luke chapter 4, it says this. And he came from Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And was his custom and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And he stood up and read the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He enrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering the sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Verse 21. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What, what, what kind of a job description? How would you like that as a job description? When you go for a job, they give you a job description. This is, I believe, the job description that God the Father gave His Son, Jesus. And I truly believe it's the job description, if I can put it that way, to the church today. To the church today. So just look at some of these first things. First of all, I want to look at Jesus, the model. It says in, in Luke 4.1, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit. To Elder, Trevor, Eldership, to do whatever we're called to do, we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. If there ever was a time where we need the empowering oil of the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, is today. 
And if it was good enough for Jesus, can I suggest it's good enough for us? It's good enough for us. We need the oil of gladness. We need the power of the Holy Spirit just to be disciples of Jesus. Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit, was full of the Holy Spirit. Every day I pray, Holy Spirit, fill me a little bit more. See, everybody, when we come to the Holy Spirit, we think, oh, that's a Pentecostal thing or a charismatic thing. And we put a label on it. No, it's just being disciples of Jesus. Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want the anointing of God to do what I'm called to do. And it says that when he preached in Luke 24, 32, it says, and people were burnt in their hearts. We don't need more gifted people, ladies and gentlemen. Amen. We've seen gifted people. What we need is people that carry the presence of Jesus. We notice the difference. When people carry the presence of Jesus, they don't grandstand. They don't have to say how good they are. They just carry Jesus. Or that the church would be people that carry Jesus in the marketplace. Amen. And do good. It says, and Jesus, it says in Acts 10, he did good. I call these acts of random kindness. You know, church is not about Sunday mornings. It's about Mondays and Tuesdays in the marketplace. Do people see a difference in who I am in the marketplace? It's easy to get cranky when the boss is cranky. It's easy to get mad and be like everybody else. But we're called to be different. We're called to be light and salt of the earth. We're called to shine into the darkness. Anybody get cranky? Amen. I'm an impatient sod when I drive. I am. I want to give people their two-finger blessing. Steve, no, what's his name? Churchill did that. When you cut me off, I'm Italian. I want to tell them exactly where to go. But you know what? I'm called to be different. I'm called to turn the other cheek. To bless those who curse us. To go into the marketplace where it's full of anxiety and depression. Anxiolytic drugs, so um, antidepressants. Are at a, you ask any GP right now, they have more prescriptions for these than any time before. Depression. At all time before, we have the living God. He says, I have come that you may have life and life to abundance. So Jesus went doing good. What did he do? He spoke life into people. Life. Here at New Gen, elders, we speak life into people. There's enough darkness. We want people who come around who ask, who are you? Who are you? How can I have what you have? And the answer is not more church, not more religion. It's the spirit of the living God who always points to Jesus. Amen. He did good. But what does the anointing do? See, I truly believe this. That the Holy Spirit is given for a purpose. Now we know for the theologians amongst us, He's given for salvation and regeneration, all that. But I always believe that the Holy Spirit is given for a purpose. Not so we become spiritually obese. Can I say that? Often I want more of the Holy Spirit and I do nothing with it. The Spirit of the living God is given for a purpose. In Acts 1.8, it says, But wait, and the Spirit of the living God will be upon you, and you'll become my witnesses. The Spirit comes, so I become. I've discovered this. The more I give away, the more the Lord gives us. 
It's funny how we come, even at church, to, to get. What can I get out of church today, Russ? So I come. Russ is preaching his heart out. He's worked his backside in the Word of God all day. Nah, that's not the Word I want, mate. The worship, the worship girl's coming up here with the glory of the Lord. I don't like that song. What would happen Instead of coming to receive, I came to give. What would come if I came to say, wow, it's not my favorite song. It doesn't matter. It's not about me anyhow. Because in heaven, we're going to be singing all of them. We're going to be hearing all these sermons. What would happen instead of being always, give me, give me, give me, God. I want another prophetic word, another word. I came, how can I bless somebody today? That cranky neighbor, how can I mow his lawn? That, that, that lovely lady next door, a bag of groceries. That Muslim gentleman who's singing to another God. How about I, I just bring him something that will bless him? Now we bring Jesus into the marketplace. That's what Jesus did, see? That's what Jesus did. He says, you know, his feet were kissed by a prostitute. What are you doing? He was in the marketplace bringing the presence of God. What else does the anointing do? It says he preached the good news of the kingdom of God to the poor. The gospel of the kingdom. There is only one gospel. Can I say that? Some people make it a social gospel or a gospel of grace. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. Can I encourage us this morning? Let's preach one gospel. Amen. The gospel of the kingdom. Good news of the rulership of God's domain here on earth. It includes salvation by grace. Ephesians chapter 2. It is by grace that we are saved through faith. Amen. Amen. But let's preach the gospel. A harvest of souls are coming at New Gen. I want to prophesy this. You're going to see more people come to Jesus than any time before. We have a window of opportunity. Can I say that? I get excited about people coming to Jesus. You know what and why? Because it means they're not going to hell. When you see what hell looks like, and I hope I never do, and I won't because I'm going to heaven. I don't want anybody to go there. The gospel of the kingdom about empowering people with the grace of God, forgiveness, being born again and empowered to live supernaturally. You were never meant to just get saved and go to heaven. Beam me up, Scotty. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You have talents and gifts. Do you know? That in the natural, everybody's got between 500 and 700 talents. But like my, 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 my phone. Who's got a, a phone? Can somebody just give me a phone? Thank you. I'll have that one. I like that. Is that a phone? I just needed a new phone. I just wanted iPhone. I think iPhone is checking out on me, by the way. But I only know how to use at least only 25% of an iPhone 6 or 7. And so it is in the kingdom of God. We only use 20, 30% of the talents that God's given us. And the gospel of the kingdom is about saying, God, use me so I can preach the gospel to the poor, so I can change lives. The Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach good news. And it says to the poor. And it's not necessarily people with lack of provisions. The poor is the poor of spirit. The people who are open in their hearts. 
Can I say right now in Australia, and I have the privilege of traveling, I've never seen a time like now where people are open to the gospel. You might read what it does. Don't listen to the media. If you want to listen to one word, listen to this book. The media will tell you what they want to say. Can we be people who listen to the voice of God? My sheep, John 10, know me by my voice. Amen. And I want to say to you, there's an openness. My son, Josiah, we just, came, we just arrived from Sydney and he's in a school. He's sharing Alpha and he leads a kid to Christ. Unheard of in a public school. Oh, it's, a, it's a Christian school, but they're just allowing them in now. Can I encourage you? Now is the time. There's a window of opportunity to preach the gospel. Thirdly, anointed to heal the brokenhearted. I believe this is our mandate as a church. Not only do we welcome people in the church who got broken hearts. You know the brokenheartedness. Is that, a, is that English? Brokenheartedness. Yes, it is. It's a malaise in our society. At any given Sunday... In a church like this, we have people with broken hearts. Family stuff, marriage breakdown, kids stuff, mateship stuff. He heals the broken hearted. He heals a broken heart. He's come to restore broken hearted people. The church says, come, come, you're welcome. My heart's broken. Love you. How can I love you? Heal broken hearts. We had somebody stay in our house recently, young girl, which we just saw come to Jesus for a broken heart. Monica shared the gospel, gives her life to Jesus, tears. But it's for all of us. It's not for the pastors. He heals the brokenhearted. He restores it. I love that. Four, proclaim liberty to the captives. Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm. Christians, it is for freedom. Be free. Amen. No longer in bondage. The anointing sets us free from the past. It is for freedom. Amen. I've seen the movie Braveheart 37 times. It's called an addiction. It's like fishing, Tom. Sumner. Huh? It's weird. I am weird. But freedom. But I want to say, I've met, met far too many Christians who are in bondage still. And this is the problem. Because they don't know who they are. And here's the cure for you this morning. Was worth the price of entry just for this. Jesus is who he says he is. You are who he says you are. And you have what he says you have. You live under those three things, it will set you free. Jesus is who he says he is. You are who he says, not anybody else, who he says you are. And you have what he says you have. And he will set you, proclaim the liberty, and he will set you free. Papa loves you. Papa loves you. Don't listen to the lies of your past. Step into the future that God has. The anointing breaks the heavy yoke. It says in Isaiah 10, 27, I shall come to pass in the day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. You know, when I float in the anointing oil, there's no room for the bondage to come upon me. Can I say, let's keep each other free too. 
It's funny how we keep each other under certain expectations. And we get offended, offended when things don't happen. You know that offense is one of the greatest malaise in the local church. It says in the Word of God in the New Testament, it's impossible that offenses won't come. In fact, John Bevere called it in his book, The Bait of Satan. But in the church, you're going to get offended. Amen? Don't ever tell me, oh, I would never get offended. <laughs> Boo. You will. The issue is, how are you going to deal with it? See, I mean, Russ and I could look at theology and do things, and we could disagree. But there's one thing that's not on the table between Russ and I. He's my brother and never stops being my brother. We're going to be in heaven together, even if we disagree. So why be offended with my brother who Jesus died for both of us? I might disagree. I might disagree. I might disagree. It doesn't matter. But offenses destroy us. And so the issue is not whether offenses will come. They will come. But Lord, I'm not going to be under bondage of that offense. For the sake of the gospel, Paul says in Philippians 4, Yodian Syntyche, two girls firing. For the sake of the gospel, get over it. Get healed. Please. The oil breaks an offense. I've been offended many times. And can I say I've offended many people. And to date, I'm 55 years old, I've probably only lost maybe one or two good friends. It's not bad, is it? I've had some major doozies. Led a church for 18 years and some of our best mates left us. But that relationship has been restored with all of them. All of them. Because I refuse to allow the enemy come between me and somebody. Monica and I have had a few offenses. <laughs> and in a few months... We celebrate 26 years. Why? Why? Oh, because we've got to stay married. And that's the Christian thing to do. No, we're not going to let an offense stay between us. Because I love, I'm in love with this woman just as much now as when she walked down the aisle. And I will not allow the enemy to stand between me and this girl. Where are we? What time is it? Oh, I've got another 15. No, I'm only joking. Then he says, I skipped a bit there. Set liberty to those who are oppressed. Amen. Let's set people who are oppressed free. It says, and give sight to the blind. I've jumped that bit. Um, number five, healing. Recovering sight to the blind. And blind people are not just physically blind. You know, the religion can blind us. You know that past offenses, past history can blind us to all that God has for us. You know what the anointing does? He takes spiritual cataracts off us. Would you do me a favor right now? Would you get your left hand? Get your right hand. That means you have to drop what you're doing. Put them on your eyes. Right now, put them on your eyes. Spirit of the living God, would you remove from my eyes and from our eyes any religious or spiritual cataract that would stop me from seeing Jesus in his glory to see people as you see them? Lord, would you remove any cataract, spiritual cataract, that's stopping me to see the beauty of your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. He came to set the blind free, to see. Imagine somebody who could never see all of a sudden, see something for the first time. In utter amazement. I want to ask you this morning, do you still see Jesus? Do you still see him? Does he still take your breath away? Does he? Sometimes you stop and... Read the word of God. You look at him. 
You go, wow, I'm not going to hell. I'm saved. Or in the middle of worship, we're singing a song and your tears are coming down because you're utterly impressed with him and not man. The anointing sometimes, you know, I've been in church for many years. Yeah, many. I grew up a brethren boy. <laughs> I love that. It's a great background. My parents were missionaries. And so it's easy to get bored with church. Have you ever been bored? It's okay. I have. And then the anointing oil comes and it takes the heaviness and you start enjoying church again. Some of you this morning, maybe you're just going, yeah, church, I, I pray that fresh oil is filling this place as I preach. You walk out of this place going, oh, I love this church. I love my pastors. I love what we're called to do. I love what God's called us as a church to do. That, my friend, is the oil of gladness. It's the oil of gladness. And the last bit that he says in here, he says, the last thing he says here, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. I truly believe that we are in a season of the acceptable year of the Lord. The Bible calls it a year of jubilee. So every 50 years, the, the, the judges of the day, the kings of the day would go and see prisoners and they would set you free just as, a, as an act of kindness. I think we are in a season of jubilee. Prophetically, I sense it. I, 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 I feel that we have entered into a third awakening. Third awakening, that's a big call. But an awakening of revival where we're going to see transformations. I was just recently in New Zealand. And I, I love New Zealand. I, it's my second country or third or whatever it is. But I spend, I'm back in November. I'm, I'll probably spend more time in New Zealand anytime. But I had a picture of the Maori king. And uh, the Maori king coming in one of our churches at Faith City Church and, and, and just being part of the worship. And uh, this week they have a full-on parliamentarian, unexpected, come to church. Now, he's not the Maori king. But I really felt we need to expect that people like this are going to come in our midst. He's going to come in. And I felt God prophetically, I spoke it over the nation of New Zealand, that God's going to restore the authority of the Maori king. I really felt it. The place erupted, erupted. And I'm prophesying this. And I believe over Australia, the Lord has given us a Christian prime minister. You know, it's easy to criticize him and he's not doing this right and didn't say that right. How about we pray for him? How about we fast for Scott and Jenny how about we fast for this couple, for our elders? How about we fast and pray? Nothing grabs our attention more than fasting. Nothing. I love food. I'm Italian. <laughs> but let me tell you, you fast. You pray. God bless our prime minister. And then watch who comes through the door. That local parliamentarian, that local member. Why? We just honored our prime minister. And then God when we honor what God honors, he honors us. All right. Put your Bibles down, your iPhones down. Get off Facebook in Jesus' name. <laughs> I want to read this. And may I have your full attention, please. We're in a season of unprecedented openness in the gospel of the kingdom. There's a harvest coming and God's releasing the church. And God qualifies you. There's somebody in this room this morning who says, God could never use me because of my past or what I'm doing in this. God 
qualifies you at the cross. When you come to the cross, he qualifies you. He sees you through the eyes of Jesus. Some of you have made too many mistakes or, and are making too many excuses to say God could never use you. I want to say, yes, he can. Yes, he can. I've got a crazy friend of mine from New Zealand called Desi Chattel. And he's got covered in tats. If you wear the equip, he preached this year. He's mentoring a guy who's in and out of prison in Cairns right now. And if you saw him in the street, you'd run a mile. Run a mile, he's covered in tats. He's got uh, war, war cover, co- uh, colors on him. And this guy's leading hundreds of people in Christ in prison. Because God says, you're not disqualified. You are qualified. The anointing of God can take anybody and make them into the most powerful witness for Jesus into the marketplace just as you are. He's not looking for clones. Don't ever try to be Russ. God's anointed Russ and Jen to do a particular role here. And that is to lead the eldership team who leads the church. But be the best that you can. So I want you to listen to these statements. And then I'm going to pray. If you are dry, you need fresh anointing. If your reading of the word of God and your prayer is dry, you need fresh anointing. If you're distant from Jesus and he doesn't take your breath away anymore, you need oil of gladness. If your leadership is dry, you need fresh oil. If your marriage is in trouble this morning, let the oil of God bring healing to your marriage right now. If your business needs a miracle, you need fresh oil. If your parenting is suffering right now, your kids are just doing stuff that just breaks your heart, there's oil for that this morning. In this new wineskin, fresh anointing to get God's will for building and growth, you need oil of gladness. To see what God's vision for this church into the next season is, you need his oil. If you're sick this morning, you need his oil. If you're burdened, blind, depressed, anxious, suicidal, God can break the heavy yoke this morning in this meeting because he loves you. If you're under financial duress, you need fresh oil for witnessing, for growth, for power and for revival. Would you stand with me right now? Would you just open your hands? There are two things I want to do just before I close. I, I'd like to anoint everybody with oil, but there's too many people in the room. But oil is here, and I'll be around after a cup of tea if you want some oil. And I'm very happy to pray for you. Jesus came to preach good news. And the good news is that God so loves you that he gave his own son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. Then it says in John 3:17 that God came into the world not to condemn the world but to save the world through Jesus. You might be here this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus. And he loves you. He died for you. He cares for you. You've come on a morning where we ordained elders, where we worshiped, and uh, you've had a guy preach about this thing called the anointing, the smearing of the oil of gladness. But in this time right now left with us something very very important is about to happen a transition your past for a better future in Jesus at the cross of Jesus you cross over at the cross and you can step into the purposes and the will and the love of God right now 
you can give your life to Jesus and and if people this morning are going to respond we're going to simply say to you welcome home welcome home we're going to welcome like many of us have given our life to Jesus you might be here this morning and uh, you've been wondering what's Christianity all about What's, what's faith all about you might be even asking the question Jesus who are you what are you well he's here today and he's real and he died for you and he loves you and he wants to help you to get rid of the stuff that stops you from being in a relationship with God the Father that's what you were designed and purposed to be I'm going to pray right now and then I'm going to pray for the oil for all of us if you've never come to the place of making Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life in your spirit quietly in your heart this morning in this ordination morning I want to invite you to pray this with me I do this every Sunday so would you join with me this Sunday this prayer dear Jesus I welcome you into my heart I receive you as the Lord and Savior of my life I ask this morning that you would take away this thing called sin that separates me for being in a relationship with you will you forgive me this morning forgive my mistakes those that I know about and those that I do and I don't know about would you cleanse me clean this morning thank you that as I come before the cross of Jesus through your blood I'm washed clean today and I step into the family of God today and I become born again I receive you today and I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and your beautiful name Jesus Amen so can I ask everybody just for one minute close your eyes this is where it gets for some people a little bit awkward and I don't want to make it awkward because the gospel is for all of us if this morning you prayed that with me would you just lift up your hand right now do not be afraid just say yes Paul thank you so much sir is there anybody else this morning thank you so much 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 yes thank you sir at the back thank you thank you ma'am thank you so much just put your hands down right now at the end of the service those who put their hands up please can I invite you come and talk to our pastors come and talk to Russ and Jen and the eldership here they're going to pray with you please don't leave today at the end of it I'll be here you can come and talk to me please don't leave because it's so important not that you just put your hand up but you get somebody just to give you a hug and now the rest of us can we just say to these people welcome home come on welcome home welcome home welcome home To all those who put their hands up today, we want to say welcome home. The Bible says you're born again today. And it says that there's a party in heaven for you today. Isn't that marvelous? Yeah, that's right. Amen. We we make a lot of it here at church because we celebrate every time somebody who joins the family. And uh, we love you. And now for the final prayer, we've got three minutes and we've got coffee ready. Amen. Open your hands. Thank you, beautiful people. Spirit of the living God, you fall afresh. On every man, woman, and child, we thank you, Lord, for the children, the little ones this morning, the youth in here today. Spirit of the living God, we thank you, Lord, for a fresh anointing in this place. Lord, I pray right now, anybody who's sick in this place, in Jesus' name, Father, we ask that you would heal them right now. 
Lord, anybody right now who's struggling with depression and anxiety, in Jesus' name, would you lift up their countenance? Would you lift them up, Lord? We speak life, John 10.10, 10, life to abundance. Lord, if those are struggling even with suicide in this meeting, that's right, in church this morning, I want to pray for you this morning. I pray that the spirit of death would come off you right now. That curse of suicide be lifted off in the wonderful name of Jesus. I want to say that Jesus died for you, my friend. That, that, that He gave you life and life to abundance. Come to Jesus this morning. Let Him take your pain. Let Him take your separation, your brokenness. Suicide is not the answer, my friend. Jesus is your answer. To those who are blind, set the blind. Lord, open the eyes. But Lord, upon all of us, we welcome and we love you, Jesus. So for the last minute, can we just say thank you, Jesus? Just put our hands together. Love you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord.